0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: We had, many of us, the administrator and a number of us, the opportunity to be inside of a, an electric school bus. And it was fantastic. The press actually wrote on an electric school bus, just so you know. So I think they got the real inside feeling for what this means, Right. And so what we all experienced is on an electric school bus, on an electric bus, no exhaust, no diesel smell. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are children of the community.
3: When she thinks she's being amusing, she's not amusing. When she thinks she's being insightful, she's not insightful. When she thinks she's really dropped the mic... Well, somebody's grabbed the mic away from her because they're sick of her babbling.
4: I'm not anti-electric school bus um, or electric anything if the, if the numbers work out and all that. But, man, I would think it would take a gigantic battery and a lot of charging to haul one of those things around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's it's just, it, you know, I'm reminded of one of H.L. Mencken's
3: favorite sayings about uh, Warren G. Harding and his speaking style that it was so terrible. It almost became wondrous. Well Kamala, her description of when we were on an electric school bus, we had the experience of being on an electric school bus and the media, the media was on it too and and we had the experience of being on it and there were no fumes. It was amazing. There is nothing to that. You didn't tell me anything. That story sucked. (laughs) It was only 20 seconds long, but you didn't say anything. Oh, God, she gives me a headache. Anyway, a couple other uh, soft-headed California politicians to discuss, at least briefly. That story's a few days late in getting here, but uh, I've just been hanging on to it. We didn't get to it. Eric Swalwell, who's... That's right, he ran for president briefly. Yeah. He was part of the the horde that ended up with uh, with Joe Biden, right? He was. Or was he 2016? He was uh, 2016. Swalwell, Swalwell. <laughs> anyway, he's a congressman. He's a lightweight. He's a pretty boy. He's a doofus. He was getting sexed up by a Chinese spy. Well, the other day, this this just dope. After the horrible church shooting in Orange County, this guy tweets. Sorry at House GOP that the parishioners hogtied your boy, adding hashtag sorry, not sorry. So wait a minute. So this congressman suggested out of nowhere before anything was known that the Chinese national, who for nationalist racist reasons, whatever, not like Taiwanese as a race, but he shot up a bunch of people in an Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian church, that he was a Republican guy and the House GOP somehow owned him.
4: Yeah, that's ugly.
3: Unspeakably stupid. I mean, one poor person was killed, five were wounded, and often we talk about the killed and forget that the wounded were shot by a gun. That
4: changed your life forever.
3: And God knows what their injuries are. But. As commentators were quick to point out, not only that was, was that a brutally partisan and inexcusable swipe out of nowhere at Republicans, but Mr. Swalwell was aided in his rise by Fang Fang, or Christine Fang, a, success, a suspected Chinese operative who did fundraising for his congressional campaign. Said Portland journalist Andy No, we've quoted many times, the suspect is a man from China whom the FBI has opened a hate crime investigation into because he allegedly targeted the practitioners based on Taiwanese identity. Given your past personal connections to a Chinese communist spy, it's more likely the suspect was your boy. Decent point. Other comments included, you might want to ask Fang Fang about this. (laughs) Sounds like he was (laughs) your boy, champ. Oh, boy. Also, you let the Chinese spy hog tie you.
4: Man, you have one affair with a Chinese spy and people
3: just won't let it go. You let uh, uh, well that tweet didn't age well, somebody wrote. What WTF is wrong with you, Eric? Does that Chinese spy still have some leverage on you? Swallow has left out the uh, left up the tweet, by the way. What the hell is the matter? How can he get elected? Never mind primarying him from the left. Primary him from the sane. Anyway, continuing our California crumbling segment. Oh, <laughs> that reminds me. I've been I've been meaning to do a, a search in the email for the guy who sent us the Los Angeles crumbling uh, audio, uh-huh. and have him just do a general California one. That'd be a big good one. The increasingly liberal. San Diego Union-Tribune with an article the other day. Homeless count is up 10% in San Diego County. More miserable out there than I have ever seen in years, said somebody or other. And that's after spending a tremendous amount of money on so-called homelessness. The February 24th count found almost 8,500 homeless people in San Diego. That's up about 10%. Uh, 4,100 living outside of shelters, 3% increase, uh, 713 in vehicles. Uh, since the last count, the city has purchased two extended-stay hotels, converted them to permanent housing for more than 400 formerly homeless people, Oh, uh, let's see. A private charity is open to 407-unit affordable housing and units. City and county have worked together to increase outreach teams, other efforts, etc., and it just keeps it
4: growing. And some of those places are a hellish existence. I was following a Twitter thread on that from a mom whose daughter uh, was in one of those hotels That's you know credited for no longer on the street okay well now you're living in a hotel with a, a bunch of drug addicts and the and the prostitution and the fights and everything that's going on and exploitation of women uh, that's going on uh, uh, inside those places just how is that better
3: yeah yeah. So the city's added two hundred and seventy one shelter beds in the past year, twenty-five percent increase. Now they have almost fifteen hundred, additional four hundred and fifty next couple of months. Uh let's see uh that 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 to do of forty three hundred and twenty-one people counted in shelters, three thousand were in emergency shelters, such as large tents, twelve hundred and fifty in transitional housing, thirty-six people in safe haven temporary housing for people in rehab programs. Uh as usual, City San Diego had the largest population of homeless people in the county. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. The more they spend, the more they get. Now, if I'm going to be intellectually honest, I would say, all right, maybe the forces of uh, expensive housing and the downturn in the economy, uh, anybody who can fog a mirror can get a job that uh, the problem is growing so fast that we're just not able to keep up. You cruel conservatives who say spending more and more money to make it as easy as possible for people to be junkies, uh, and that's why we're getting more, you're just wrong, you're wrong. But I say you're wrong. Well, why? It's the same things happened in San Francisco. Same thing happened in L.A. and Sacramento. The same thing is not happening in Oklahoma and Texas and and right. South Carolina, or North Carolina, or Florida.
4: That's the point I was going to make. Uh, first of all, we we know from interviews and stuff, uh, studies that we've heard that, that like people on the street in San Francisco that are homeless are not from there. They moved to San Francisco, so they oh, moved. Yeah to this situation because you get more stuff and why are half the homeless people in the entire country in california according to the wall street journal
3: now specifically in terms of the bay area i know the various activist groups have said oh no no it's not people coming in from outside um and it's it's a housing problem but you ask people actually on the street and we have and we've talked to them and others have michael schellenberger has for instance um and they will tell you we've been told personally 90 percent of the people are on drugs and a lot of the people who are, quote-unquote, mentally ill are mentally ill because they do such meth. It's ruined their brains. And uh, in the Bay Area specifically, 90% of the people have come from outside San Francisco, they just know there are fabulous benefits and accommodations, or they let you live on a tent in some of the most expensive and beautiful real estate in the world, so they get more people. So, you know, it, as soon as San Diego went to three to two Democrat on the city council, I knew things were going to change, and sure enough,
4: Welcome to Bumville. By the way, ABC 10 San Diego on a story that you mentioned a little bit ago that I wonder if you could expound on. California parents could soon sue for social media addiction. How Do you know much of the framework of this? How parents uh, would sue? And it's it's always been on my mind, raising a couple of boys who are headed toward teendom. But I was talking to a woman at the park yesterday, Her. Kids are slightly younger than mine, and she's worried about it, and I'm worried about it, and my son's 12 and just headed that direction.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would echo the words. Who who was it we were uh, talking about the other day who said, uh, keep your kids off social media until they're past puberty? But there are so many examples of social media that non-computer like uh, computer natives don't understand, like the video game thing or whatever. Yeah, um, right. But California. But I the, haven't even
4: heard a half of them. Like I know Facebook, so don't be on Facebook and Twitter, okay? But there's you know there's TikTok, and then there's other versions of TikTok that I, I sometimes I come across the name of some of these, and I'm like, I didn't even know that existed.
3: Right. Yeah. Dozens of them. Uh, All I know is what I've read. California could soon hold social media companies responsible for harming children who become addicted to their products, permitting parents to sue platforms like Instagram and TikTok, for instance, for up to $25,000 per violation. The bill passed the state assembly on Monday. Hasn't passed the Senate yet. The bill defines addiction as kids under 18 who are both harmed, either physically, mentally, emotionally, developmentally, or materially, and who want to stop or reduce how much time they spend on social media, but they can't because they are preoccupied or obsessed with it.
4: The key being that the people that created this stuff know it is addictive. They believe it's addictive. Oh, yeah. It's designed to be addictive.
3: You can call it sticky or our algorithms continually find things you'll be interested in, but it's designed to be addictive. Sticky. Well, for the umpteenth time, watch the uh documentary The Social Dilemma. It is so good.
4: Sticky's a good term for we got you hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Um
3: the idea that parents can sue private companies is suspect. Yeah. Um and i'm not sure it passes the
4: courts honestly. No, i don't think so either.
3: You know, but i even if and and i hate this cuz i hate performative politics, but even if this just leads to further discussion of how damaging social media are for kids, i think that would be valuable. You know, i've been i've ha- had this great series of of articles and thoughts and columns um on on the situation with kids and social media and it's so important i think, but it's so depressing. i haven't I haven't worked it into the show. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, there was a a piece in the New York Times um, entitled On the Phone Alone. And it talks about the adolescent adolescent mental health crisis. And really smart, reasonable, non-axe grinding, not trying to make any particular point. People were just trying to figure out why the kids are so miserable.
4: Um, that's worth figuring out
3: i think it ought to be a headline every single day in america i think everybody uh, adults kids parents non-parents teachers you know everybody should be worried about this um talking about uh, adolescent mental health and i don't i don't really want to skim over it although we need to take a break um There's no proof that, say, TikTok or social media's like button is causing the mental illness crisis. There's a lot of evidence that the the social media are depressing kids and the rest of it. But the narrower question of cause and effect are secondary. What seems undeniable, says this one uh, author of a series on adolescent mental health, um. What's undeniable is that the surging use of digital technology has changed life's daily rhythms. What he meant is super powerful. And why don't we get to that in a moment or two if you can stick
1: with
4: us? Okay, yeah, I want to hear that. And if you've got an adolescent uh, struggling, uh, why are they struggling? In what way? Text line 415 295 KFTC.
3: Strong
4: and Getty Show. Got a couple of entertainment tips for you. I can hit you with next segment. Uh, Going to be a hot movie. Going to be a hot uh, Netflix special. So you can be with the hip crowd. Stay tuned.
3: Oh, I want that desperately. So I came across this piece written by Jonathan Malizik, who's uh, uh, the he's a, uh, he teaches first year writing at a couple of different colleges, um, and he wrote. Um, in my classes last fall, a third of the students were missing nearly every time, and usually not the same third. Students buried their faces in their laptop screens and let my questions hang in the air unanswered. My classes were small with nowhere to hide, yet some students openly slept through them. I was teaching writing at two very different universities, one private and wealthy. It's lush lawns surrounded by blah, blah, blah. The other public with a diverse array of strivers milling about its very basic campus. The problems in my classroom, though, were the same. Students just weren't doing what it takes to learn.
4: That's interesting. By
3: by all measures, attendance, late assignments, quality of in-class discussion, nobody cared. And, and, And in both campuses. So I could go into more detail, but we're pressed for time. So to get back to this very, very brief summary of a great series in the New York Times on adolescent mental health. Um, the author of the series was Matt Richtel, who spent more than a year interviewing adolescents, their their relatives and friends, and he talks a fair amount about social media and TikTok and uh, like buttons, and you know we've talked about uh, people wanting to be popular online, how that's driv- driving uh, like adolescent girls in particular crazy. Let me uh, read then from the summary. But Matt also thinks some of these narrow questions of cause and effect are secondary. What seems undeniably points out is that surging use of digital technology has changed life's daily rhythms. It has led adolescents to spend less time on in-person activities like dating, hanging out with friends, attending church, virtually anything. They do far fewer things with human beings than they did a generation ago. You know, that might be enough. You could just say, all right, we have our answer, in could, my opinion. Could be. Yeah. Listen to this, though. Technology has also uh, contributed to declines in exercise and sleep. The share of high school students who slept at least eight hours a night fell 30% between 2007
4: and 2019,
3: according wow. to a study in the Atlantic.
4: And that's because people are on uh, looking at TikTok or whatever?
3: Uh, just in general, having the availability of amusements at their hands all the time, I think. Technology use is not the sole cause of these trends, they write. Modern parenting strategies, among other factors, play a role as well. But digital technology, be it social media, video games, text messaging, or other online activity, plays a strong role, many experts say. Quote, if you're not getting some outdoor relief time, And enough sleep, and you can almost stop at not enough sleep, any human being would be challenged. When you get to the pubescent brain involved in that equation, you're talking about somebody being really, really challenged to feel contented and peaceful and happy with the world around them. And I would also argue that they don't get a chance to form themselves if they're not hanging around their peers, which every generation of human beings has since the dawn of man and all of a sudden they're not
4: and partly because parents are afraid of not letting them just hang out right and not getting enough sleep yeah there's a number of things there that could be absolutely the cause of all this yeah i don't think it's that mysterious a mystery folks i really don't if you miss an hour of the show go to armstrongandgetty.com get the podcast
3: The Armstrong and Getty
4: Show. A man in Wisconsin last week celebrated his 50th anniversary of eating McDonald's Big Mac almost daily and has only missed eight days. That's not bad. 50 years of Big Macs and only eight heart attacks. (laughs) Funny. Going to run through some stuff real quick. Just a little news items and then we'll get to uh, tell you about Ricky Gervais' new Netflix special, which controversial all right whatever um here's a tidbit for you uh poll done in ukraine 82 percent of ukrainians are not willing to give up territories for peace that's a hard people they're getting mm. pummeled and murdered and raped and homes and businesses destroyed and 82 percent so we're not giving up any territory boot these blankers out of here there are
3: multiple examples from the 20th century World War II what have you where the tougher it gets for a populace, the tougher they become the, the less likely they are to
4: give in Business news for you the spike in home prices is now steeper than it was before 2008. remember at the time we all said, how did we not see this coming? I mean it was ridiculous well here's a here's a here's a couple of numbers for you. In the second quarter of 2020, the average sales price in the country was 374. The average sales price first quarter this year was 507. Good lord. Went from 374 to 507, that's a 35% increase in under 2 years. Wow. There's no way that's real. It's just not yeah.
3: possible. Well, getting back to the, you know, 05 through 08 thing, one of the reasons we didn't see it coming was that at every single level, everybody who's profiting from it was writing articles and editorials explaining how it's not a bubble at all. This is a legitimate reflection of blah, 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 blah. Little did we know, Wall Street was repackaging joke mortgages to sell to unsuspecting foreigners who were being duped.
4: If you're the sort of person that wants to uh, be hip about what the coolest movie is out there. You might want to know this. Woody Harrelson's new movie just showed that the Cannes Film Festival got an eight-minute standing ovation, which... uh they're saying is unprecedented. So apparently, people really, really loved it. It's after called, eight minutes. My arms are tired. I mean, really, really tired. It's like the band
3: is going to come back for their encore, and everybody knows they're coming back. Yeah. But you got to go through the ritual. Of I, don't, I don't. Eight
4: minutes is too long. Does that make me a bad person if I know they're going to come out and sing their biggest song? If I just you're sit lazy. There, you're I not just, doing your part. I sit there and rest. I figure there's enough people clapping, and they're coming back out anyway. No, if we don't clap loud enough, they won't. <laughs> you're being lazy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the new movie is called Triangle of Sadness. Wow, sounds great. And it's a dark comedy. So there you go. Okay. If you want to know, oh, Triangle Segment, Sadness, yeah, I, uh, I read a review. It's fantastic. So if you want to be that person. And one more pop culture note that's a little more uh, worth digging into. Ricky Gervais has got a new Netflix comedy special called Supernature. It's only been... Out for a few hours, already drawing a lot of criticism for a string of what they're calling transphobic jokes. Of course, if you mention trans at all in any way other than this is the best thing that's ever happened, it's considered transphobic. Here's one headline. Netflix is carving out a little niche for itself as the home of transphobic comedy. Another headline. This from Variety. Ricky Gervais' anti-trans special proves Netflix is on no one's side but its own. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You. you
3: okay. All right. You think you're going to win anybody over by not recognizing the legitimacy of people's concerns about the the, the radical, you know, trans theory, queer theory stuff? I'm you temp- think really you can just dismiss it out of hand like that?
4: I'm tempted to to read some of the quotes from the special. I think I think what we're going to do so that we can leave the bad words in, if you're okay with that. Uh, is uh, play it during our little podcast. We do the One More Thing podcast after the show every day, and if you want to hear hear a couple of highlights from the Ricky Gervais special, we can play them for you then. Let me read you just a little bit of this, though. This is him commenting uh, that I think is pretty good. Um, you can't predict what will be offensive in the future, said Gervais, who had has quipped in the past that his ultimate goal is to get canceled. Like, the worst thing you can say today, and he got into the conversation about um, Kevin Hart losing his Oscar gig because he had some things that were perfectly okay and funny in 2008, but not okay now. Ricky Gervais said, you can't predict what will be offensive in the future. Like, the worst thing you can say today to get you canceled on Twitter, death threats. The worst thing you can say today is, women don't have penises. No one saw that coming. You won't find a 10-year-old tweet saying women don't have penises. You know why? We didn't think we blanking had to. Um, You're right. Amen you that, you, you won't yeah. find a 10-year-old tweet saying that. So it kind of keeps you out of trouble. The inflammatory jokes don't sit well with many online accused the Brit of punching <laughs> down at a marginalized community. All right, yeah. I just, who was it? I was looking at a Twitter string the other day about something
3: relevant and that was the first reaction. Nice job, white men punching down. All right, fine.
4: I, I am tempted to read the jokes, but I'll tell you what. get the Grab the podcast, one more thing. Uh, where do you find that? At Armstrongandgetty.com? I don't know where sure, you find that. Sure, wherever you
3: get to podcasts, Armstrong and Getty, one more thing.
4: I go home every night. You know what I do? I turn on the TV at 7 o'clock on CBS and I see what they have to offer me. That's the only okay. way I know to take in entertainment. Now that's entertainment. Night after night? That's right. And I sit through the commercials. And, uh, and I watch the whole show, and that's uh, a that's a good crime drama or a situational comedy with a laugh track. It's perfectly okay. With me. And then
3: whatever's on next on the channel you're on, you watch that too.
4: Exactly, I stay right there. Um, but I am tempted to read these jokes because they're 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 crafted in a way to uh, uh, provoke. That's what it. That's what
0: it is.
3: I, uh, I'm jealous, in a way, of Ricky Gervais, um, just because he has enough money that he can proceed completely without concern for his career, quote-unquote. He doesn't care. Um, and he can be very, very blunt. We, obviously, are willing to push very hard against the orthodoxy of the lunatic left. Then lunatic right, for that matter. Uh, but he doesn't have to care at all. No,
4: no. Yeah. <laughs> that
3: would just be a luxury.
4: Um, and we now know, I think, why Netflix changed their guidelines for running the company, what, a week or so ago, where they put in that paragraph that uh, if you're not happy with the content we are on netflix perhaps working at netflix isn't right for you because they knew this ricky gervais special was coming obviously a week ago it's probably been you know in the works for months they knew they knew it was going to come out they knew it was going to draw the the fire it does they knew that it was going to make them the kind of money it does that 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 one comment in here is is correct the one headline that i read but It's not the dig that you seem to think it is. All they care about is their profit. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're trying to come up with the most profitable shows the most people will watch. That's not some sort of insult. That's just what the business model is. Well, and to put a finer point on what they said to their employees, and
3: this is, uh, it it reminds me of Ricky Gervais' line about, nobody said that uh, women don't have penises 10 years ago because nobody thought it was blanking necessary. Um, Netflix found it necessary to say to their employees... Look, we put out, like, thousands of shows. You're going to like some of them. Some of them you're not going to like. Some of them you might even be offended by. If you can't handle that, then you can't work at Netflix. We don't want you. If that's such an astounding state of affairs for you, that you might be offended by a couple of the shows we put out, then go somewhere else.
4: Variety which is a, 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 a it's a website now but it used to be like a newspaper sort of thing is all is is for the entertainment world. I mean they should understand this better than anybody. I mean it's it's like for people who are in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And their headline is Ricky Gervais anti trans special they called it anti-trans. Uh proves Netflix is on no one's side but its own. Uh does a company have to be on a political side? In your very ideal what huh? Well, and if
3: you especially if you read James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose's brilliant cynical theories that goes through, you know, critical race theory and queer theory and the rest of it, uh, what Ricky Gervais is against, or Bill Maher, who we uh, we played some clips of him, talked a little bit about that the last couple of days, what they're against is the radical queer theory, which says there's no such thing as a man or a woman. There's no such thing as male and female. It's all a societal, you know, uh, uh, people conforming to society. You can be anything you want. You can be a bearded person with a testicle, with testicles and a penis, but you're a woman. And you can be be-breasted, be-ovaried, have a womb, etc. but you're a dude. That's fine. Of course you are. And anybody who says you aren't is a hater. They're against that. They're not against somebody saying, hey, look, you know, I've got a a body of a man, but I feel like a woman. I think I am a woman. Okay, that's fine. I can respect you. But
4: stop saying men are giving birth because they're not fumed. One critic on Twitter. Oh, boy. That sentence should not be followed by something anyone pays attention to. But I'll read it anyway, (laughs) because that's just a human being said. This is what is what I just said. Five minutes in, and he's making jokes about trans women attacking and raping people in public bathrooms. To him, we exist only as a punchline, a threat, something less than human. Okay, fine. Uh, Having read the jokes already, and we're going to play them on the podcast, uh, which we'll record right after we're done today. Um, Having read the jokes, it goes way further down the road of insulting the trans community than Dave Chappelle did. I didn't think Dave Chappelle did at all. I didn't think there was anything insulting in his special at all, and remember the controversy that was for a while. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was a big deal for like several days. And uh, Ricky Gervais is going way further down, so I don't know if 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 uh, Chappelle laid the groundwork that makes this not land as hard, or if this is about to erupt because the special just landed on Netflix a couple hours ago. Yeah. So yeah. there you go.
3: Speaking of the sort of journalism that quotes a human being on Twitter, which is just so stupid. Even even on my favorite uh, news show, special report with Brett Baer the other night, they were talking about gas prices. And they had uh, they had like a youngish woman, like probably early 20s in a smallish car saying, oh, yeah, these gas prices are killing me. I don't I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And then they had a a guy saying, uh, you know, yeah, they're really high, but I hope they come down soon. I thought, why did you show me those two people? What did that tell me? Right. What, what, I know some. I know. Uh, I just I think it's just such a convention of the news that they can't not do it. That the director says, no, you got to get some quotes at the gas pump. And so they send them out to get
4: it. Jenny Johnson, mother of three, doesn't know where she's going to find the money. Boy, if these prices keep going like this, it's going to be tough. Right. What did that tell you?
3: (laughs) For those incapable of imagining what a person who is concerned by gas prices
4: would look and sound like, here is one. (laughs) But everybody, like you said, everybody still does it. Right. And it's inexplicable to us. Maybe we're too hip for the room. Do the rest of you watch that and think, oh, that makes sense. They interviewed one woman who's, wow, hey, honey.
3: Honey, some people are very concerned, and according to the news, other people are less concerned. They just talk to two people. Really? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Said no couple ever.
4: Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. boy. Ricky Gervais special labeled hurtful by critics over trans jokes. Okay, yeah, this is going to be a story today. Anyway, we got more on the way. We'll finish strong next.
2: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah
1: Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life...
0: getty
4: show we haven't mentioned any of the uh elections around the country today it's not really our thing so these various primaries and who trump backed or didn't i was watching msnbc uh this morning when i first got up they they mentioned trump's name was mentioned a hundred times in the first 10 minutes of the show they're obsessed with him
3: you know, it's funny, I just flipped to my Apple News app during the commercials and uh, NBC's headline. Trump faces biggest tests since yeah, 2020 exactly. in Georgia yeah. That's the first word in the headline. Yeah,
4: yeah. Outside of a brief period where Ukraine was the only story for there for a month or so, like MSNBC, every story is about Trump still. Is it because yeah. ratings or just because they're like weirdly obsessed with him?
3: Both, Yeah. Yeah, Trump was such a ratings driver in lefty media for so long. I mean, they can't abandon if there's an ounce of juice to squeeze out of that phenomenon. uh, They have to go back to it. Plus, you know, their ratings suck, so they're desperate.
4: Do you realize former presidents endorsing candidates isn't a thing? It's like never been a thing in the past. They don't come out and endorse people, and then you measure how it just it's not a thing, really.
3: Well, no, although Trump is a unique case. Oh, no doubt. Um, No doubt whatsoever. But historically, it's not a thing. But, you know, I'd I'd like to have a conversation someday. I don't know. Maybe never with with Trump fans. Some of the people he's endorsed are just losers. They're idiots. The guy in Georgia. Yeah, I was thinking of David Perdue, but he kisses Trump's ass. So
4: Trump endorses him. He's going to lose by like 35 points. And uh, his opening statement at the debate was the 2020 election was stolen. And everybody cheered like crazy to make it clear. That's what he was. He's going to lose by 35 points.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to squeeze this in real quick before the end of the show. We were talking about the Ricky Gervais special in which he uh, makes some jokes about the transsexual craze. Bill Maher commenting on it that it is a craze where adolescents are being swept along because they're desperate for an identity. Got this note. Um, Granddaughter came to visit for a few days, just finished her first year of college, and came out as asexual pan-romantic. In other words, she's romantically attracted to people, but doesn't have sexual feelings. So far, she's only been romantically attracted to males. Only males, but insists she might be attracted to a female in the future. I seriously doubt it, but being a straight cis female wouldn't give her a spot in the queer community, which she insists she's part of. Not sure what a straight female who doesn't want to have sex uh, has in common with the queer community, but it's given an awkward girl who's extremely intelligent, but socially awkward, a group to hang out with. She's on antidepressants, which I'm 99% sure is why she has no sexual feelings. She's struggled with anorexia, which seems to be under control. Thankfully, all of it breaks my heart. It's kids who are, especially white kids, berated as being the oppressor for being cisgendered straight white people. You're causing all the hurt and pain in the world. You're the oppressor. And the minute they say, well, maybe I'm a asexual panromantic, all of a sudden, oh, oh, okay, you're okay. In fact, you're, you're part of the good people. Congratulations. It's a craze.
4: your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. So
3: haunting. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. Michael Angelo, our technical director.
4: Michael, final thought? Yeah, my final thought's real simple today. If you don't like something, don't watch it. If something offends you, turn it off. Mm.
3: Or if you have an argument, make a or you don't like an argument, make a better one. Don't call somebody a name. Uh, young
4: Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Yeah, earlier in the show, I was lambasted for asking the audacity of one Joe Getty to put mustard yeah. on a Chicago-style hot dog. I admit my fault. It was, I meant to talk about ketchup, but uh, deep-dish pizza, we could probably go for an hour on that one.
3: Well, never never question my authority on issues that are Chicago food-based. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us.
4: I would actually listen to you talk for an hour on deep-dish pizza. I really would. Um, as far as the elections today take it from me as a guy I've studied this a lot I take in I think the best political pundits out here and they out there and they all say this it's the candidate that matters the national uh, uh, overarching narrative of who endorsed who that's not what determines these things it's the candidate locally and what they're all about and how they come off that's what matters
3: yeah, I would agree completely. And my final thought is also food-related. It's funny. Judy and I hosted a party the other day, a, a, a viewing party, when Justin Thomas came from Seven Shots Back to win the PGA Championship. But we served Italian beef, which is a great Chicago food favorite. For whatever reason, we're really we're doubling down on the food of our upbringing. I don't know why. Wow. Italian beef, Chicago-style dogs, Italian uh, Chicago pizza.
4: Come on! Are you sensing your own mortality? I don't know. Well, yes, but I don't think that's it. I just think we miss it. I'm just hungry. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Got to have pepperoncini on your Italian beef for you not
3: trying. So many people, thanks so a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Listen to the One More Thing podcast. Going to be very
4: controversial. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty.
2: There's been a mischaracterization. Get the f- out! Woo!
4: To me, that would be the reasonable, rational thing to do.
2: Right. Come on. My
4: God, man. So
2: when you're home thinking, what is this all about? Just think about. To work together as we continue to work together on. Aye,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Aw. You
1: effing idiots.
3: <laughs> it was so bizarre. You can taste it. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.